Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Howdy. Touting the Army hat today, my man. Okay. Yesterday you had the, the Navy hat on. Now you represent the right side. I hear you. <laughs> We are so happy to be here with you today to bring you the current events from a constitutional, principled, and historical perspective. And there's so much going on these days, JC. It's just amazing to me that that we simply don't have a lot more going on in the mainstream media than just, you know, the, the continual COVID mantra. So I wanted to start off today talking about uh, some things that have been coming through to me through social media. We have, we've got the greatest people. I don't even need a research team, really, because people are constantly sending me stuff and letting me, uh, give me tips and saying, Chrisanne, what do you think about this? What, can you give us an explanation of this? And you remember Terry and Rich, right, from mm -hmm. the in, de in Defense of Liberty gun training that we have? Right. She sent me this, and she said, surely there's a uh, legal liberty constitutional lesson in here somewhere. And I thought, and I read this, instead of dismissing, uh, the Michael Flynn judge opens his court to litigate Russiagate. And what's very, very interesting about this, and I'm not sure if a lot of people are going to get into this from a legal perspective, so just to give you a little bit of background and to make this really long story short, uh, Flynn's, the prosecutors prosecuting Flynn filed a motion to dismiss the charges against him with prejudice, okay? Now what that means is that once the motion to dismiss is accepted by the judge, then no more prosecution can be brought against him. Now, the complication is, is that Flynn already pled guilty to the charges. And so it's in the sentencing phase. So it's a little out of order for the prosecutors to file a motion to dismiss, which makes this problem. Now, I'm going to tell you from a prosecutorial pro, uh, perspective, from prosecutors that I know and the experience that I have, if a prosecutor files a motion to dismiss with prejudice, that's pretty much admitting we've got no case ever. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do anything with this. There's nothing to do with this. We don't want to have anything to do with this. We're done with this. We don't want to do this, right? And judges don't get involved at that stage. Because remember, uh, well, I'll, uh, for those of you who don't know, the, in the criminal process, there are stages. So you have the criminal complaint that usually comes from a person or from a police officer, which is an arrest or a complaint or something. Then that complaint goes to the prosecutor's office for determination of whether charges are going to be filed. Because prosecutors, and I, I don't want to exaggerate, but given where you are, we get hundreds of complaints that never get filed because the evidence is not there. We, don't, we can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt. All of these things happen. So we decline to prosecute hundreds of cases. Mm -hmm. And when a case is filed, you're filing on a best intention, right? You're filing on the information that you have. And then when you go through the process, you have the discovery process where you uh, get information from the defense. You are then engaging in, de in, in depositions where you interview the defense's witnesses. And even along the way, new information can come forward 
And the prosecutor will say, yes, we're going forward. Uh, no, we're not going forward. We're going to file a motion to dismiss because the charges have already been filed. Or we're going to offer you a sweet plea deal and hope, you know, for the best. Because anytime you go to court, it's really kind of a crapshoot anyway, mm -hmm. especially if you have a jury trial and you don't know the judge. So what we've got here with Flynn, and we've gotten past all the stages of filing the charges, giving a plea deal, and Flynn pleading guilty to the charges, which, in my humble opinion, should never happen. And I don't, I don't mean to put that out there, uh, but here's the thing. It's a crapshoot when you go to a jury trial. I would rather, me being accused of something, I would rather take my chances with a jury than to plead guilty and have it out there that I'm guilty. And that's part of the problem here that, that Flynn is having. So he took this plea of guilty to go to the sentencing phase, and now all of this has happened, and the prosecution uh, through the Department of Justice has now filed a motion to dismiss with prejudice saying okay new information has come forward since we've gotten this far and we don't want to take this case now where it gets bizarre the judge has entered himself into the prosecutorial phase and said uh, I'm not going to dismiss these charges we're taking this to litigation hmm. how crazy is that this is now, within the judicial system, there are certain little aspects of checks and balances. And the judge is not supposed to be the person who brings the charges against someone. That's the prosecutor's job. And frankly, in my humble opinion, for the judge to do this is a conflict of interest. Because if the judge is going to be in sitting in judgment of the facts, how can he be the one who says we are going to file these charges? Because the decision to file the charges means that the, the person who's filing them believes beyond a reasonable doubt that the, the person can be convicted of the crime. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So for the judge to say, no, I'm not going to take this motion to dismiss from the prosecutor. I'm actually going to put this forward for litigation and then he goes bizarre step number two he says I'm gonna open this case to amicus briefs for people who believe that the that he should be prosecuted like taking a poll exactly exactly and it's crazy this judge I, I, I'm my head is in bizarro land right now reading all about this. This is just crazy. And I mean, number one, a prosecutor, you know, you got the Department of Justice, their their prosecuting attorneys are not. See, there there are levels of dismissal. You can dismiss a case without prejudice, which opens the door for future prosecution if new evidence comes to light. But the, 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 the prosecutors have said, we want to dismiss with prejudice, meaning nothing is going to come ever, ever. Well, and, in and, the, and the judge is saying, okay, I hear you, but I'm, I'm going to make this go through prosecution. And because I don't like what you got to say, I'm going to have outside entities offer their legal briefs on what should happen to him. And that's after the 2000 deep state operatives complained? This is everything. This is everything in consideration because the whole, the whole thing is what brought the prosecutor's office to dismiss with prejudice. So in well, this... It's, they said in their motion, right? This is the prosecutor's motion to dismiss. They said Flynn did not lie, but the reports were, quote, wordsmiths, wordsmithed to make it appear that he did. Mm -hmm. You have the prosecutor saying that. Yes. Which is why they want to dismiss with prejudice. Now, here's the thing, JC. This is, whew, this is well, really it's close because, to judicial misconduct. Yeah, but if it, if, 
I don't, it's strange because then if you, okay, let's litigate it. You're essentially going to have his defense attorneys and then the prosecution, which agrees with his defense attorneys. That's who's going to be trying the case. What exactly is the point? Well, why would the judge, why would you, why would you go forward because when you have a prosecution saying, we don't think he's guilty. What do you think the prosecution is going to do when they put on the case? Well, that's where the, <laughs> that's where the amicus Crazy. briefs come in. So when the judge accepts the amicus briefs, then he can open the courtroom for the attorneys of the amicus briefs to present their arguments. He's trying to replace the prosecutor's office through with, these amicus, with ringers. With ringers. Yeah, there you go. With ringers. <laughs> And the fact that he's wow. doing that, I know, the facts, the, the, the fact that he's doing this, this Judge Sullivan, he, he should have to recuse himself from this case. He should have he's, to go to jail. <laughs> he should be disbarred, you know, in the very least. But this is just, this is absolutely crazy. So now what we have are a group of attorneys self-styled the Watergate prosecutors who filed a notice of intent to file an amicus brief. Now, Flynn's attorney is objecting both to the Watergate prosecutors notice. They calling themselves this, the Watergate prosecutors, a notice and to the court's broader discretion, a decision to accept amicus briefs in a criminal case. This doesn't happen like that. In a criminal case. And and look, this is and this is what's crazy, right? Because the amicus briefs are not coming. Generally speaking, when you submit an amicus brief, you're submitting it in in aid of defense of someone. Because an amicus brief is what you know, it's it's a friend of the court's brief to help lift up and aid the defendant in their defense. It's a way to compensate for when a defendant is charged with something and maybe their attorney isn't quite an expert on this. We see this a lot in civil rights cases. It's First Amendment cases. So you have a, a you know somebody who's taken on the case and they're saying, look, um, and I'll just put this out there right now because this covers the whole show, JC, but we've talked about this. You and I have talked about this. Constitutional law is an extremely specialized area of law. I mean, it's like neurosurgery if you're going to compare it to the medical field. And even in constitutional law are even separate specializations. So some will practice First Amendment law, some will practice Second Amendment law, some will practice Fourth Amendment law, some will practice eminent domain law. So even within those things, you have very, very specialized areas. On top of that, constitutional attorneys don't make money. I mean, most of the cases that you do are civil rights cases where people are, who, people's rights are being violated and they don't have deep pockets. So you're doing all of this pro bono. So number one, you don't have the money driving a lot of people to be constitutional attorneys. People are constitutional attorneys because they have a heart for it. And number two, because of the highly specialized area of the field, you can't know everything about everything. So you take on these amicus briefs, these friends of the court briefs that come in and say, we're going to help you by offering uh, you a lift basing on our expertise and our practice and our experience. And the judge is opening that beyond defense into prosecution. But the nature of this case is not going to be that. It's, go it's going to be a bunch of political hackery is what, what you're going to get. And I that's the whole purpose. I mean, why okay. would they call themselves Watergate prosecutors? Let the prosecution is a, is, is a government entity. It is not a private corporation. Do you know what kind of doors well, this opens? Well, I understand. Even well, and that's what my is, point. Can we Even in the, the word illusion, supposed to be. Yeah. Can we insert that okay. phrase? Even under the illusion that they're governmental, not pros, not corporate entities. Now you're just opening the door and saying, you know what? Well, you're admitting it. You're admitting it. Anybody can be a prosecutor now. 
We this for me, JC. This is I have goosebumps because this is just this is judicially chilling for me. Okay. This is actually bringing, and I want to say this, JC, so we can bounce off this. I have been complaining now with growing complaints for 10 years of the growing power of the court of public opinion. This is legalizing no, yeah. the court wow. of public opinion. He's, he's, he's literally making it part of the process. He is literally making the court of public opinion process in judicial process. This is, this is, I, I'm telling you, this is an outrage. I can't, it's it's popping my goosebumps out can, because can I can't I be express sort of devil's advocate? to you how outrageous this is. Can I not not quite devil's advocate, but let's just say, so let's say I'm the average Joe. You know, I just watch the news and moderately follow this thing. And so I, I if I look at Sullivan's history of a guy who seemed to try to stay above partisan political controls, right? If we assume he's just making a brain fart here, what what would possibly be his reasoning? Like what would what would he think was legit reason if we if we're saying like this guy's not trying to craft it to target Flynn to make it go his way, what could he possibly what could his argument be? Like why would why would a judge do this other than what we've other than assuming the worst, like this is crazy. Okay, so I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you. I have don't to, understand. Yeah, I, I don't think, and and I'll and I'll 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 jump on the devil's advocate here for a second. Okay, um, I I don't think that you have to assume the worst. The problem here is this is this is a rewriting of the judicial system. Okay, completely rewriting the judicial system, and and that's good or bad intention. That is something beyond his authority. Now, here's the thing. Now, we've talked about this before, and, I, and I'm just jumping on the devil's advocate thing. What if you have a situation, okay, where you, I'm going I'm to change this completely now. What if you have a situation where you have a sheriff, like in the walking tall okay. scenario, okay, who is absolutely and completely corrupt, and people are filing charges against this sheriff, and the local DA is in collusion with this sheriff and will not go forward with prosecution, right? So the devil, the good intentions that he might have in this might be that he believes that Flynn deserves to be prosecuted because and and it is it is political that he's not being prosecuted. Does that make sense? Does my analogy so, sort of make something so if he enlighten so if he now? could be thinking they're not they're dropping the case because of the influence of William Barr yes Trump over Barr Barr over the DOJ mm -hmm. and this is political so. He wants to hear what experts have to say. That that's what you're saying. That let's get some is, other input. I, I'm, I'm digging in deep here. I'm digging in really deep, and I'm and I'm and that's the only thing. If if I want to apply good intentions to this guy, that would be the only thing that I could say. But here's the problem: he's rewriting the judicial system. He's rewriting it. It's not how it works, and. Yes, well, he, he there's said, opportunity for corruption in the system that it's in, but the answer is not rewriting the judicial system by a judge behind the bench. Well, let me ask you something about the amicus process, phenomenon, whatever. Is it, because as I understood that amicus brief thing, uh, that's not usually at the request of the judge, is it? No. Like the judge doesn't say, no. hey, can anybody send me an amicus brief on this? That's somebody on the outside looking in submits it to the court. They either accept or they don't mm -hmm. or whatever. When, when does a court poll the country and say, okay, guys, send me some amicus briefs? I've never heard of that. Have you ever heard of that? I mean, maybe that happens, but... 
Does that sound unusual in your experience? It's, it is unusual. It sounds bizarre. I'd like, I'd like to poll the gallery. Yeah. For what do you think about this? Like the guy's got, he has an attorney. Right. Sidney Powell's his attorney. Right. What do you, what do you mean? Well, we want to hear from other attorneys. Yeah, but but no, 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 wait. But the amicus brief process here is not about Flynn's attorney. I know. It's the other side, which makes it so bizarre. Okay, that's extra bizarre. No, no, no. That is the bizarre part. Because because an amicus like brief Those are the prosecutors. Those are the prosecutors. And he's saying, okay, let's hear from somebody else. Like, yeah. these are the I people don't actually what the prosecutor has to trying say, the so. case, right. prosecuting the case. Uh, you know, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. Johnny Cochran what he thinks. And we'll get back to you prosecution right that is wacky i i mean they're calling themselves i wonder has that ever happened no have you ever had a judge say to the prosecution okay we're gonna get a second opinion and i'm gonna poll legal america i i would some histor some legal historians tell me has that ever happened that Sounds nuts. So how then how can you not first off, you know, go, let's go back to the beginning. You I got a question for you. And and this has been kind of the take the you know, back with with the what's his name? Comey, the Comey FBI and all of this. You you ob- essentially obtained mm-hmm. a, co- a confession. Uh through faulty due process, like the process that you used to acquire this confession was illegitimate. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't that then, I mean, you can't look at anything else, right? It follows from there, you're done. It's thrown out. You can't use that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, isn't it true then really in, in, the, in the legal realm, really there is no confession because they couldn't, they can't accept that when you, I mean, that's what they're laying out. Look, here's how this obtained. The, these statements right. were essentially falsified. They use the word wordsmith, which I don't, I don't understand why nice attorneys word, do that. Way of saying lying. Why would they do that? They falsified official records well, to give the appearance the that he lied. Well, because the falsification then is a crime, and so when you can say wordsmith, what you're not do, what you're doing is you're not accusing someone of a crime and making yourself have to prove and that. And make or yourself something? have to prove that, making yourself have to prosecute that, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they don't want to go after these people, right? They don't want to go after these people. I don't know. I was reading. I was just looking at uh, the not to muddy the waters. The <clears throat> the um, case in Georgia, the kid, the Scuttles uh, kid, I think his last name that got. Uh, or this may be a different one, not in Georgia. Uh, the uh, There was a kid that, these, New Mexico maybe, mm-hmm. they had this guy down and he's he's at the back of the, under the car and he's pounding his face in, you know, I'm trying to subdue him, I'm trying to gain control and the officer's just pounding his face in the hamburger meat, bust up his orbital socket, crushes his face bones, all this kind of stuff. And then apparently, I was looking into it, the kid had a previous case against him mm-hmm. that was thrown out. Mm-hmm. And, and because of the same kind of idea, it was the, the, it, this was, I think it was Supreme Court or some federal court of appeals, and was saying the way that you attain the evidence mm-hmm. you, was not proper. It was not proper yeah, to process. Absolutely. And so... It's the, what we the, call the food, fruit of the poisonous tree. Yeah, so, and so you the can't wording, right, and the wording from the court was pretty much, we can go no further. Mm-hmm. Like we can't even look, we can't even look at the rest of this stuff. We can't even take another step because you didn't follow the right procedure to acquire this mm-hmm. case dismissed. So this this is kind of the same argument the prosecution is laying out. The prosecution, not the defense. Mm-hmm. The prosecution right. is saying the stuff was essentially. Illegally obtained, even though right. they're high, they're not using that word for whatever bizarre reason. <laughs> they're, they're changing the semantics. This was of illegally it. obtained, so you don't have a case. You right. can't have a case. Yeah. Now what's now? Let me be clear because it's 
it's not unheard of for a court to ask for amicus briefs. What's unheard of is for the court to ask for prosecutorial amicus briefs. That's that's just on the crazy. prosecutor's side. That's that's crazy because of there I mean prosecutorial discretion is file or not file. And this is different than the walking tall kind of thing that I've given you because we've got what? What is hundreds of pages of of information now that proves the guy didn't lie. That actually people lied about him lying. So this is this is all but like I said, this is the rewriting. That. People don't hear that in the mainstream. No, media. they won't hear that. I all, because all nobody wants see, to go through the trouble of making the explanation yeah. like we have. All they see is Trump's buddy Flynn is being bailed out by Trump's lapdog William Barr. Right. That's the narrative. Right. That's well, and, that's and, gonna be the and MSM so, narrative. And narrative. so therefore the two thousand deep state lackeys are heroes, freedom fighters. Judge Sullivan is a hero trying to protect the rule of law and and the judicial process with when the reality is completely the opposite it's 180 degree opposite they're trying to protect a corrupt system the 2000 lackeys that came out uh it's like they got caught their their deep state corruption was exposed and now they're coming to the defense of their corrupt system and what we what we've seen happen to Flynn and Roger Stone and all these other people that happens to the common the common man on the street every day of the world. Uh, it, that's the sad part about this that it it takes uh, an attack on the president. It takes an attack on these high level politicians for this to be even a topic of conversation. When right. this happens a thousand times a day to people who have no money, who have no platform, who have no voice, who have no name, right. and nobody cares. Yeah, these amicus briefs, the other thing has just occurred to me in in, in the, the bizarre, I mean, the, as, as I keep thinking about this and I keep running this through my head, JC, it just gets more and more bizarre all the time. Amicus briefs don't come in at the trial level. They come in at the appeal level. So hmm. there's another unheard of thing. So number one, amicus briefs are generally uh, are, are, and as, as the defense attorney has said here, his objection is letting in these amic submission of amicus briefs in a criminal case. So you've got Her them. Objection? Uh, Ms. Powell? That's that's the Flynn's attorneys. Female. Yeah. Her attention. Her oh right, sorry. Her uh her objection. Okay. So um it's you got amicus briefs coming in on the prosecutor side at at the objection of the prosecutors. <laughs> you have amicus briefs that's hard coming to get past. I know. It, it, it really you have amicus briefs coming in in a criminal case which are generally only seen in civil rights cases like i said in in, in constitutional law issues in property law issues and stuff like that i think sometimes you even see them in uh insurance law you know when, when you're getting really specialized uh and at the appeals level not at this level and for the judge to request amicus, not necessarily unusual, but given all the other unusual facts, to request an amicus brief for the prosecutorial side, I, I again, I, I cannot see this as anything but the formalization of the court of public opinion as a part of our judicial process. What's next on that? What's next? Do we have social media testimony now? You know, I, I don't I don't really I, I I have these big things in my this these sci-fi visions in my head of of mob mentality off with his head off with his head you know we're what we're reverting to jc is roman coliseum days 
You put the guy in the Coliseum and you let the crowd give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. This is not due process. How do you have, and here's the thing, JC, if this sets a precedent, if this is not overturned, because it could be overturned, it should be overturned at the appeals level. I mean, seriously, this should be a no-brainer overturn if they actually go through the trial and he's found convicted. Yeah, but convicted. We're, we're through the looking glass. Yeah. This should have been yeah. a no-brainer from the get-go. Right, all right, so here's the thing. What you have now is setting a precedent, and I want us all to think about this, with the how many judges that did Barack Obama appoint on the federal level? Too many. Way too many. You're setting a precedent now where the judges can go fact shopping, where the judges now build their own cases based on their own personal beliefs or understandings of yeah. the facts of the case. Right. That's, that's going back to, I mean, you may as well be in the, the European courts where it's just kind of the judge. The star the, chambers. The judge prosecutor sitting there. And, that's the star chambers. So, what? I mean, what's the point of attorneys at that point? What's the point of anybody defending you? You're basically, the, the judge is doing it all, which we know that, I mean, that's, that's one of the big problems in, in the courtroom anyway, when the judge takes the reins uh, of the process and, and steers it where he wants. Right. I mean, that's, again, that's ha that happens to people, that happens to everyday people all the time. That's but now, the stuff we, I mean, but that's now what, we're codifying that's, that's it. That's what you, I mean, when you, when you were prosecuting, that was one of the things we talked about and you told me, the judge is, judge is king. The judge is king. Right, because people would ask you, "What about this? What about that?" Well, the law says this. The law says that. However, then you got the element of the judge, right? And the judge can influence and steer what's going on in that courtroom, mm -hmm. uh, in spite of what the law. Which says. is why I would never, I would never, as a defense attorney, tell any of my clients to have what we call a bench trial, where it's just the judge judging over you. No way I would ever do that. I would no. ever do that. There would always be a jury Unless trial Unless he's your uncle. Me. Yeah. Well, even so, I, I... Uncle that likes you. Right. And I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Uh, it's, it's nuts. It's, um, this is, this is bizarro world. But I, I think, just like you said, you know, on the other hand, it's, it's an exposure. This, this thing continues to be an exposure of right. this system. As I said, this happens all over every day. And, and now, now you're seeing it in the light. You're seeing it brought into the light. And as you said, they're now making it the norm. This is, they're yeah, they're, they're declaring about new this normal. will be the norm. This, no, this, this is how precedent works. Mm -hmm. We're not going to amend any constitutions. We're not going to amend any judicial... Uh, uh, the rules of criminal rules procedure. Of criminal procedure. We're just going Nobody's to add a precedent yeah. to it that that says you won't find the this. judge can do this. You won't find what he's doing written down as part of the no. process anywhere. No. So now, question of the judge's authority to simply act that he's not supposed to actually be involved in. Yeah. To be clear, it's. Sir, this is a federal case, right? It's Department of Justice. Uh, it, it is the executive branch's choice, yes. decision. Well, here's the thing. Let me let me explain this. Maybe not the judge. So a lot of times, I think sometimes um, stuff happens in my head that that people don't get because of my legal background, right? Sort of like you, being you, math. You just go ahead and connect just, dots. I connect dots. I'm a dot connector. So I just connect dot dots. For you. So let me go back and and maybe just connect something here. The different role between a judge in a criminal prosecution case and the different role of a judge in an appeal case, all right? When a judge is sitting on the bench in a criminal trial, his job is not to, his job is to be the judge of the law and the facts, okay? He's not supposed to go investigate his own facts. 
Mm -hmm. He's not the investigator. As a matter of fact, the judge, like a jury, you know, if you have a jury trial, you see people all the time. Part of the questions that we ask the jury, have you, do you have any awareness of this case outside the courtroom? And they'll sequester juries so they won't read newspapers because it's not the judge, the job of the jury to collect facts. The mm -hmm. only facts that can be considered are the ones that are presented in the courtroom. And when the judge is acting as the jury he can't go gather his own facts he can only bring he can only use in judgment the facts that are presented to him in the trial so the prosecution's facts are to be presented by the prosecutor the defense facts are to be presented by the defense attorney and the judge then all he has are two baskets what's in that basket and that's at the criminal trial level. Now, at the appeals level, the judge is not judging the facts and the law. The judge is judging how the jury or the judge in the criminal case handled the material. Mm -hmm. That's why the amicus brief becomes important because the generally the question is the the prosecutor violated some criminal uh, some civil rights procedure the law enforcement pro uh, violated some criminal uh, some civil rights procedure and the judge ignored it right mm -hmm. so you have to have the defense attorney say i object to that evidence because it violates blah 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 and then the judge says overruled and so now you have a point of appeal but what we're doing now is the judge is acting as a uh, an appeals attorney in an issue that hasn't even been settled yet. So it, I don't know if I just made that more confusing, no, but no, it's, it's a different roles here. No, they they made it confusing. This this thing has yeah. been turned into some TV court drama. Mm -hmm. Like this is not how court actually is supposed to function. No. This is something you'd see on some TV show, and I think that's the problem with the general public. They they're so full of NCIS oh, and LA Law and on all this garbage, Perry Mason, whatever. That's what people know. And so they don't see, the general public doesn't see anything wrong with this. They think this is how it works. They have no idea that the precedent is being set to shred your due process protections. And if this can happen to somebody on this level, it's only going to be further exaggerated to the general population because number one, it will become precedent at a high level, at a high visibility level, right? And number two, it'll be applied at the lower level without anybody noticing, right? It's like you said, it's gonna happen and, and, and then people are gonna object and like, oh, well, you know, we've got this precedent already. What can I do about it? Because we have determined in, in American society quite erroneously that sh that that precedent is law and so what you'll get is attorney saying well we can't really argue with the judge now the precedent's been settled and then you're in this negative feedback loop because precedent becomes the rule of law so you don't argue the precedent and so never gets challenged and never gets overturned well look what they they've done to Flynn and uh, the other guy they they drained them of millions mm -hmm. with Flynn then turned on his son what is what is a regular Joe gonna do against that you don't have millions. You don't have this name. You don't have political backing. What am I going to, how am I going to stand? If this is, if this is what we can do right. and the judge uh, can, can essentially go outside the bounds and start fishing for give me reasons why this guy should go to prison. I mean, you're basically, he's basically having to uh, fight. I mean, what will amount to hundreds of attorneys. So it's right. his attorney versus hundreds of attorneys recruited by the judge. Right. So so his his one attorney is fighting the judge, fighting the system and fighting the well not not fighting the prosecution anymore uh, because they're ready to be done he's with it. He's gone out and hundreds he's of gone other out and found his own prosecutors. Right. I mean that's basically what he's done. Hundreds. He's he's found his own prosecutors now to whom he can pick and choose. Yeah. Because that's and how the amicus in, briefs work. They'll come in by the hundreds. Amicus briefs work where the judge actually has the discretion to set aside or use or not use the amicus briefs.
I mean, I can't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to convey to the American population how utterly outrageous this is. Utterly and completely outrageous. This, and, and of course, you know, you're going to have your, your people that are going to justify this. And I, and, and I even gave sure. you the devil's advocate, right? No, all the arguments oh, will be political. it's corruption and it's this, that, and the other. What's he going to do? It will all be political. It, here's the problem. You don't, there are ways to, uh, to legally adjust the system. There are ways to legally respond to this. If you think that there is prosecutorial misconduct, the judge can seek charges against the prosecutors the judge has the authority to put a prosecutor in jail for for criminal misconduct for um contempt of court but here's the thing you can't have them rewriting the whole system because they don't like it well and these people want to ignore the fact that the person in charge of the of this investigation James Comey, admitted it was, again, he didn't use the terms, but he, he admitted it was illegal. It was improper. I wouldn't, what, what does this mean? I wouldn't have gotten away with this under a more organized administration. You don't get away with due process. You don't you get, get away, away with, doing with the right thing. a crime. Yes. So James Comey essentially admitted this, it was, the interview was conducted illegally. Well, this is... And that's just one example. This is very disturbing to me. Very, very disturbing to me. And I can't, I, I, I feel inadequate in expressing yeah, no, I mean, how there, bad this There are no really words. Is. Like kangaroo court is, it doesn't even come close. Like no. that that's a that's uh -uh. a gross understatement. It's, and do you it's and to talk about the star chambers, people don't even know what that means anymore. No. So I mean it loses its efficacy and description as well. I and No, this is just short of, you know, dragging the guy out to the guillotine, chopping off his head. Right. You know, short of you know, that this is a public lynching. Short of that, really this is, is what you have. It's like I said, it's it's gone back to the Roman Colosseums where the where the where the where the uh, Caesar says thumbs up or thumbs down, you know, and then he he looks across the crowd yep. and gets whatever he wants. Right? Throw, because, throw Flynn to the lions. Yeah, that's exactly what this is, and it's just, you know, I, I, from a personal perspective, I I don't have a dog in the fight for Flynn. This is a justice issue. No, this is a civil rights issue. This is a due process right. issue. Right. I was going to say this that's the dog in the fight. This is a complete destruction of the judicial process with the swipe and the one gavel. And that's where my dog is in the, is in this fight. Say all that again. The dog in the fight the is due process. The dog in the fight, the dog in the fight is due process. The dog in the fight is the integrity of the judicial system to guard the rights and the liberties of the people. It's not, see, here's the thing, JC, and you made me say that out loud. Here's the thing. What was the one thing that you heard me say, the new prosecutors, over and over and over again as I was teaching them? That you are a prosecutor, not a persecutor. You are a prosecutor, not a persecutor. This is the problem, okay? We now have a judge who enables and opens the window. The barn doors are open for persecutors on the bench. And this is the dog in the fight. We need to, we, we, can, we can't have this. We cannot have this continue like this. Something is going to have to happen. Uh, and, and, and again, this is just the gradual creeping, JC. Uh, you know, you, you've got the, the media. Oh, my goodness, it is, isn't it? He said, uh, I'm going to have to pull up that quote. You want to, uh, we talk, I, I will give you, if you go to libertyfirstuniversity.com, um, yeah, don't forget the classes. You know, you know, you learn about due process. I have how a whole it's supposed class to work. Class on the federal judiciary. What the process is supposed to be. Go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. Sign up for classes today. Online constitutional training, open to everyone. Self-paced, short, understandable video segments. Um, you get Chris Ann's wisdom, Chris Ann's knowledge, experience, in-depth teaching, connecting the dots, like. 
nobody else does. And you will see why this is so troubling. I mean, one thing that I've heard over and over, and this is the thing about the constitutional training, by the way, Liberty First University, people hear, oh, constitution, boring. Um, but you will hear things that you, you've never heard and never heard of, things that struck people so strongly last time I talked to a few of the students, that story of James Otis Jr. This is what it reminds me of. James mm -hmm. Otis Jr. fighting a corrupt court system, corrupt judicial system. Really, like what Trump uses the term, dirty cops. Yeah. Same thing. The James Otis Jr. story of him standing up against this, these handwritten warrants, um, law enforcement, yeah. basically not following the proper process, not respecting the rights of the people. That's what he stood for. And people, people hear, man, people hear that story at LFU and that really sticks with people. Yeah, it does. And it is one of the most inspirational stories that uh, one of the, I, I say story, it's not a fiction. Original yeah. whistleblower. Really. Yeah, he is the original whistleblower and it's, it's history. So in 1821, JC, I can't get rid of these goosebumps today. I'm just, uh, I, I don't think people understand how disturbing this is. Those are the founders rolling before. over in their grave. I know, it has to be. In 1821, Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to his friend Spencer Roan, and he said, The great object of my fear is the federal judiciary, that body like gravity ever acting with noiseless foot and unalarming advance, gaining ground step by step and holding what it gains, is engulfing insidiously the special governments into the jaws of that which feeds them. That's the perfect example of 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 what we have here today well if this if this continues uh i think tell tell me what you think i i believe that and of course this is gonna this will cause a confrontation eventually but i think that the u.s attorney's office should pull these prosecutors the yeah. judge judge can't yeah. make yeah, yeah. them prosecute a case yeah like, this exactly is our right. motion we're not going to process the case is garbage we told you it's garbage we're not going to prosecute a garbage case. And they don't show up. Right. Don't show up. Yeah, and then Flynn's up. not in jail. The, the, judge, the, the judge doesn't have officers. Mm -mm. So what no. are you going to do? And That's so, what Alexander Ehrman said. The, the judiciary has no, no sword and no uh, force. And if he presses? No power of the person, no power of the sword. If he presses, then DOJ should send their officers put this judge in cuffs mm -hmm. and drag him out of that courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're what should happen. Right. Yeah. Because they don't have, he Once the, here's the thing. Once the prosecutors refuse to prosecute the case, technically they're not even parties to the case anymore. Where is Congress, by the way, does, I mean, this court exists at the, this was created by, Congress, or was this one of the original? I don't know. No, this but, is but a lower who, court, so it would have to be at the pleasure of Congress. So the court, the only court that doesn't exist at the pleasure of Congress is the Supreme Court. So they need Every to, of the lower courts are established as Congress sees fit. So Congress could impeach this judge mm -hmm. and send him packing. Yeah, absolutely. I want to read another letter. Thomas Jefferson really had a dist distaste for the for the judiciary he wrote this letter to thomas ritchie in 1820 he said the judiciary of the united states is the subtle core of sappers and miners constantly working underground to undermine the foundations of our confederated fabric they are construing our constitution from a coordination of general and special government to a general and supreme one alone this will lay all things at their feet I, t I said before, I think the judiciary is the b greatest threat to our liberties. But historically, JC, that is absolutely accurate. When, we, when I teach at Liberty First University the history of the Constitution, we go through the 700 years. It is always the judiciary combined with, it's always the judiciary the king combines with to become the, uh, the ultimate authority. Because I don't know, you're the, you're the, you're the former pastor, you, you can tell me. There's something hardwired in our brains, spiritually, I believe, 
to to have a trust for judges. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean it's it's there's judges from the very beginning in the Bible. God is the supreme judge of the universe. Sure. And so we're wired that way. It's a character of God Himself. Yeah. But. You but have what, to have righteousness exactly. to, you know, you have to have virtue, what our founders called virtue. Right. Right. That's the righteousness. But the, think the, about this. I, when I for teach, that to work. Yeah. When I teach all the time. Right. So you and your business partner have a multi-billion dollar business and you're having a contract dispute. Do you go to the local Circle K gas station, drive up and find the first guy that jumps out of the car and says, hey, will you please tell us your opinion on whether who's right or wrong in our billion dollar business. Who's gonna do that? Nobody's gonna do that. But you go into a courtroom, you don't know if it was that guy at the Circle K or not because he's still a complete stranger right? sitting in, in, in an elevated bench in a black robe. There's a magic black robe on now. With a magic black like a, robe on. They're like wizards. Yeah, so you have somebody, and, and people are like, Chrisanne, you're a lawyer, what are you saying? I'm a lawyer because I know the truth. Is this sorcery? Is this what we're dealing with? Ah, What's with yeah. the robe? Well, that's why I said it's got to be spiritual, right? There's something spiritual happening here. I mean, the Pope wears a robe. Priests wear robes. In in the in the culture, the 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 priests wear robes. Maybe that's an extension of that. I'm just sort of you know I, grabbing I so. at the spirituality no, of that. No, but. I think so. It's like it's a this sacro, sacerdotal what they call sacerdotal origin. You look at the Old Testament priest and the mm-hmm. robes and stuff. And I I've said that before. That keeps that keeps kind of you know popping up in the discussion when you you hear these judges and how they act, how they talk, and then the the terminology that's used in the system. Um, well, I talked I, about I, it yesterday in the show yeah. after you were gone. You know, I sat in the courtroom in Kansas. The federal court judge looked us in the face and said, the Constitution says what I say it says. I, I wholeheartedly believe that it is a form of self-deification that is prevalent in America's judicial system. And you have to have a moral, virtuous person mm-hmm. to... To be to humble. Be, be humble enough to do that. To be decent. And they're out there, okay? There are judges. I personally know them, okay? Uh, some I call dear, dear friends. The problem is, as, as Richard Henry Lee said, the system is not geared to protect against what men will do, but also what they may do. And so when you have a system with these checks and balances in them, you can't have a judge sitting on the bench and saying, okay, um, you know, I don't like how the prosecutor's doing his job, so now I'm going to be the prosecutor. It's not how it works. And this is, this is an indication of someone who, is, who doesn't have the virtue or the humility to what, do the job. What is the immediate move in response to this judge's actions? What, what is... Because I look at the judges and it seems like they're accountable to no one. There is no check on them. Mm-hmm. So what should happen? Is it, as we said, the response from DOJ? What it, does oh, but Congress see, do something? There are lots of what, checks what and happens? balances, JC. They're just not working, right? So What is supposed so what's, to happen? What's, what's ironic is this is why we're supposed to have the whole bar association. Right. Right? So the whole bar association, the whole gauntlet that we have to go through from this private NGO to tell us whether we can practice law or not is there not so we can pass an exam and prove our our aptitude. It's supposed to be a governing body that monitors and governs and in a, you know, in a set, sets up a check and balance for misconduct. And so outside, which which outside the system, right? So people say, oh, well, you have lawyers in the system and the system checks and balances. Like you said, the IG, right? So the whole purpose for the Bar Association is to be an external the, body. The purported purpose. The purported purpose. Yes, thank you. The purported purpose of the Bar is to be an external body outside the system to be an, a, a citizen check and balance. The problem but is we know work. that's not... That's not the case. That's not the case. They're not so, answerable to the Constitution. They're not answerable to the people. They, they, that's not their standard. That's not who pulls their strings. Right. And so it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So what should happen is there should be bar complaints filed against this judge. He should be uh, the chief judge 
in in the circuit should pull him from the bench and and tell him you have compromised your integrity in this case and the chief judge should pull him from the bench and replace him with someone recuse him forcefully because you have you have compromised your integrity in this case and it's public you've publicly compromised your integrity in this case um he should be he should be investigated by the bar association he should be censored he could even be disbarred he could also the check and balance could be an impeachment this is bad behavior this is clearly bad behavior by the terms of his his tenure most people think the judges have lifetime tenure they don't have lifetime tenure their tenure is based on their behavior so you engage in bad behavior and you're to be impeached he should be impeached congress should be impeaching this judge the the could they start with a censure to could could they give a shot across the bow yes with a censure yes they could say stand down and take the motion by and and and, and act accordingly to the motion by the prosecutors the prosecutors could file motions to have this judge recused from the case the same way the chief judge could autonomously do that so the prosecutors could file for recusal uh to the chief judge which would give him the authority to recuse so he wouldn't have to be all on his shoulders right and so there are so many checks and balances in the system that are being completely ignored. And that's what I tell people all the time. We need to fix the system. No, we need to follow the system. We aren't following the system. We have become so universally ignorant as to how every 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 part of our constitutional republic system works. That we've we've been driven into complacency and compliance through our ignorance. I mean, what do I know? I didn't go to law school. Why do you have to go to law school to understand how the judicial system is supposed to work? It's not rocket science. I'm not asking you to tell me the in- intricacies of Ravi City, uh, Ravi City of of St. Paul, and how um, Scalia gave his opinion about hate speech. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you to know how the system is supposed to work in its checks and balances. It's very linear, JC. It's very flow chart. It's lockstep. Yeah, it actually is. I just would love. We need a judiciary T-shirt, JC. I would we love to understand. We need a judiciary T-shirt. I would love to understand one day why judges are seen as so sacrosanct. I'm telling you, it's spiritual. I, I, it's I spiritual. Cannot wrap my brain around it. Yeah, we need well, show them our T-shirts. Speaking JC, of T-shirts, yeah, make sure some... you go to uh, GodGunsLiberty.com. Well, you find our T-shirt shop. You can you can go to chrisannhall.com and you can find the shop there. there? Um, I'm putting that T-shirt okay. up. It's not this, there at the moment. This T-shirt. We'll yeah, I got to get all the LFU T-shirts back up. But this is the latest. That's from your the meme. Peaceful noncompliance is not breaking the law. Peaceful noncompliance is what we the people engage in when the government breaks the law. That's a quote from Chris Ann Hall. That's a quote from Chris Ann Hall. So we got that <laughs> one on the flag and this is a flag silhouette with uh, liberty is essential it's got uh, due process then it has the five elements of the first amendment and plus the uh right to keep and bear arms on the camouflage stripe there these others almost on the red center stripe. center yep. linchpin there the thing so that's a few so we've had a couple t-shirt ideas i forgot to tell you the t-shirt idea because you don't have a founding mother's t-shirt up there and our ladies love the founding mother t-shirts yeah i just have to transfer those over. okay but we have a new one okay mercy otis warren we will stand against tyranny today or our children will bow tomorrow yep great that's, one that's a great one isn't it yeah all right well <laughs> well we've had thank a whole you for show today enlightening us yes <laughs> on this judicial lunacy and I fear, JC, that you won't hear the, the, the depth and understanding anywhere else. You'll hear a lot of ranting. You'll hear a lot of politics. You'll hear a lot of speculation. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do is just share this. Share this to everywhere. I mean, send it to Tucker Carlson. Maybe he can learn from it, too. I don't know. But send it everywhere. We need to get the people educated. Uh, I don't know if 
Uh, I know that Donald Trump likes to watch YouTube, so maybe somebody sent him that and he can, he can see how it's supposed to work. And Barr, maybe we can give him some clues and some ideas as well. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you tomorrow.